0: You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom and I hope you enjoy this episode. From Chicago, this is the Chavrusa. Plus, some of my best friends are Kabbalists. Yes, my friends, this is a mashup. A incredible mashup. It's 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 Gilgal and Igor, and there are Nitsitzes flying all around this this morning from the midwest making a little bit of a stop on the uh, east coast uh, and the reason why this mashup is occurring is because we uncovered an iceberg in, in some place and that iceberg of course was Teirosa Gilgal where um uh Kalman and I, and I guess we should introduce ourselves. I'm from Kivulovich,
1: and of course, I'm Kalman Ward.
0: Yes, and we learned it as they might be, and uh, my very very close friend, Rav Nosson Notta who of course is a uh, is as part of our program. Some of my best friends are Kabbalists. Is here to um, as a tzadashlishi. I don't know if... or to maybe. Uh, to be ma'orir that it's not, it's not your way, it's not his way, it's a whole different shetikol altogether. So Nelson why don't you uh, uh,
2: speak up? The issue that Gilgul Neshamas raises is the question of of an individual human being's uniqueness. Okay, think about it. And ultimately, if every neshama comes back time after time after time after time, then a single individual person. In in the flesh, as it were, is not particularly special. It's not particularly unique. You're one of you know you're you're one of many. Right? And uh, as a matter of fact, in in some Eastern traditions, the the upshot of Gilgul Neshamas is that there's nothing really wrong with killing people in battle. If it's your job to do battle, then go kill as many people as you have to. Because you know the the wise do not feel bad either for the living or the dead. You know, because nothing actually changes, you know, soul separates from body, comes back. So what did you do? You know, um, so it actually changes, it changes your whole ethical perception, not, not necessarily for the better, as we, you know, coming from, our, coming from our point of view. You know, Yiddishkeit looks at each human being not just unique because you have a unique neshama, but unique because you are a unique person as, you know, body and, body and soul. Person dies, you're misabil. You know, every every human being that, or every person that ever lived, needs a grave. I mean, you're, used to, you're, you're supposed to bury dead people, and and the reason why that is is because uh, you know this this goof used to be somebody. It used to be a person, and it still is worthy of all of the veneration that we would that we would uh, give to a real human being. So, you know, these things don't make sense if you really think in terms of of Gilgul and the best riot that I can give you is, how, you know, do, how do they bury people in India? Where Gilgul Neshama is the is the absolutely the uh, most basic belief of all the religious traditions. How do they bury people in India? The answer: They don't. They burn them. Why? Because, you know, the body is useless. It's just a, you know, it's just a shell. We burn it. We get rid of it as, effective as poss- effectively as possible. No one needs a grave unless, like, you're a very famous politician or king or something. Um, and that, of course, you know, Muslims are different because Muslims, of course, uh, you know, come from our side of the fence in that regard. So al Khalponim, it seems Bepashtus, that Prabhupada is right, that Gilgul Nishama is a doctrine that flies in the face both of... of uh, Chazal's hashkafa and of Halacha. Why do well, we why is me, why is there me, a mitzvah to bury people? Let me get a bit of
1: get a clarification. I mean, you seem to be suggesting that if we understand Gilgulim, to whatever extent we understand it, that there is a question that's raised with people, which is uh, am I unique or am I just one of my 30 um lives, right? Million. But 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 I don't I don't know if people are Uh, I mean, I I guess what I'd like a little, uh, if you could clarify, where is this question coming from? Meaning that people can say, this is one of my 30 visits to this world, or maybe in our terms, this is one of my three visits, according to some opinions, right? So it's one of my three visits, but it's still all me. So why why are you suggesting that people feel less unique or less special, because they are part of some longer story that extends past the current lifetime that they can measure i I, i'm not sure if i saw that but you seem to be suggesting that that it would be automatic yeah
2: because because every person is a unique combination of a body and a soul i mean that's that's also mafurish and chazal that that's why akadosh has to bring us back from the dead in order to adequately judge us because it's like the you know it's like the the uh the lame man who can see on top of the shoulders of the of the guy who can walk but can't see you know you have to put two of them together in order for the, in order for right, that but you, but you're adding the word unique
1: you you're adding the word unique and why do we need that why do i need to have a unique body why can't this be um you know i've had 30 bodies but i've had one soul and that soul keeps Uh, coming back trying again and trying again and uh, hopefully figuring it out at some point so why does that take away from my uniqueness Uh, that's that's i'm not i didn't follow the the concern well
2: in 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 general in general because i you know what certainly one of the things that makes you unique is 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 your physical body if you if you had a different physical body you'd be a different person if you had a different physical body you'd have different parents you'd have a different life story you'd have been born in a different place Okay, so so if you if you really say that the, the core of your being is totally in your neshama, which continually comes back until for whatever reason it stops, right, then then you're certainly eliminating one half of the of the um of your sense of identity. You know, and and ultimately in in Yahadut, the total person, body and body and soul together, is the Entity which Hakadosh Baruch Hu desires, which Hakadosh Baruch Hu loves, and and yeah. by the way, one of one of the re- one of the reasons why it's important to believe that the world was created in time, right, is because if it wasn't created at a point in time, then then there is no such thing as a unique human being, because everybody has been around a million millions and millions of times because time is eternal. So somebody exactly taking taking the course of an infinite history. Somebody exactly like you has to have existed, and has to have existed infinite times. Well, this is this is a point, by the way. Ironically, it's made it's made by Nietzsche in a, in one way, but it's also it's also in uh, I believe pretty Mufurash in in, uh, in Sefer Haikorim by Rabbi Yisraelbo. So, you know, when you have a when you have a limited sense of history then you can really begin to speak about about an individual person's uniqueness. And by the way, if you're not if you're if you're if you as a body and a soul are not unique, then what's the problem with killing the body, releasing the soul, having it come back from another spin? There's nothing, there's nothing particularly important about your identity well, well, as a let,
1: let me respond to that. First of all, I, I think that the idea that we're unique in in body as well as soul, I don't know if that's necessary. I don't think that's necessary. I think you you could be um unique in the sense that you are the you and that's your soul and then you may have 3 4 or 5 different appearances and different bodies but they're all part of this one long story i think i think that still makes you unique i don't think it's fair to to go to the infinity hotel and and bring and bring an example of that where i've been here an infinite number of times i think you're right i think if you if you're saying that i'm part of this infinite story that the that goes beyond what even I can fathom I, I I would have to agree, but but the fact that you appear only five times, again, that's still within limited time, so the, um who said that I need to have, and I understand there's the concept of the body and the soul, but why can't the soul have interactions? And five different bodies and five different experiences. I'm just picking the number five. Five different experiences, and that's your full story. And it doesn't feel like, I mean, I said, there are issues. It doesn't feel like it interferes with this unique, I am special, I am me, if if there are, so to speak, sleeves or bodies that you can put on. Mm -hmm. Let
0: let, let me try to respond over here, and I'm really loving. I I think I just want to like, let, let me try to respond here. First of all, you know, Nelson, you're talking about the body and the body, of course, and, and all the different chazal about how the body gets, it's waiting for its car and it's going to come, et cetera, which of course indicate that there is something unique about the body. So you have chazal, uh, definitely the the, medr- the medrashim hagiluyim on your side, no question about it. But there's also the idea that we know that the body isn't just the, the the capacity uh to be animated it's also emotion it's feeling it's a lot of other things that are dacoustic that aren't necessarily things that we even know how to measure but it's certain personality traits it's certain aspects It's certain aspects of creativity and other things which are different in that's what we mean when we say the Nisham is tohar and it's in a goof a goof is much more than the muscle and sinew. And I think there, Kalman, the struggle that you have in, let's say, stage one, is so, it's not just, you know, your, your body made it through. Your body transformed, your body was involved, and your body and soul became welded in a way that there was something incredibly beautiful about it and powerful. And to sort of like do an amalgam of five eliminates the significance of that first time. And therefore, if a person, as I said last week, if a person knows this, he sort of like says, so this is not who I am. And all of this effort and what I've done to transform and elevate is really just one section of something. It's it's, it's cruel. And I think it stops a person from feeling that he's going to get the scar that he deserves for, for the struggle that happened this time around right
1: and and and, and therefore well i i response to what you're saying you're right a person had a body and had a soul and had you done things right this would have been completed and there would have been this maybe greater level of fusing and, and maybe there is a little bit that's lost when when there needs to be a reconfiguration into a new body and as a result of that different personalities as 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 rabbi Gok mentioned you'll have different parents that enough is going to is going to change you and make you a different person. But that's what happens, because you messed up the first time. So to say it's sort of tragic that now all that's been taken away, and now you have to do this again, well, that's the point. Right?
0: But one second, it's more than just tragic. There was uh, there was something concrete that was created. I think that's really the point. The same way the soul is indestructible, the soul's uh, and body's fusion creates that third aspect, which l'chorah if, you, if, if you're right, pretty much gets wiped, unless it's a perfect 10 or a 9.6, whatever it is, it gets wiped away. And now let's see how, now let's count the next vault jump that you have.
1: Whereas the way Nelson and I are looking. What, what do you mean? What do you, you mean like the entire personality is lost? Is that well, what you're saying? No. What I'm saying is that accomplishment, and
0: flawed though it might be, but it's magnificent and incredible to think about with its quirks, with its idiosyncrasies, with its brilliance, with its story of what it was able to overcome and forget and 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 synthesize and change from w- one meter to, to another. That element, which is the total human being of what body and soul and 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 avoda it 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 would seem to just wipe it away and to say okay that was not that wasn't good enough let's try this again that is that is such a cruel fate
2: that compare it to to really a traditional hindu attitude towards towards reincarnation like what is what does that mean to a hindu what is it you know what 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 does it mean to a buddhist which is even more difficult to describe but the i the idea is is that is that I mean Lahavil, you know, every every Nisham is a mal mamish. And the only reason it ever gets born into a body is because through some sort of twist of fate, it forgets its identity and therefore it becomes locked into a body. And it's going to continue to reincarnate from one body to another body to another body to another body, to another body until it wakes up and realizes who it is. Then it goes back to being mal and it never has to be reincarnated ever again. Okay, so the fact that you keep on coming back for, from one body to another body to another body is because you really haven't achieved enlightenment, which is why in the you know Eastern religions they're always they're always looking for enlightenment. What is you know, what, what is enlightenment good for? Well it's good for getting your, for stopping the cycle of, of rebirth, which is uncomfortable and miserable. And nobody likes it. I mean, you know, you think you like it, but that's only because you have a kind of a rather myopic view of the total of the total picture. It's endless, meaningless suffering until you wake up and you realize who you are. And that's the, that that concept Buddhism and Hinduism have pretty much, pretty much in common. Um, You know, some, some Hindus have some interesting twists on that. Like, you know, if you could only twist your body into a certain knot, okay, then your, then your soul would remember who it is because you'd be liberating your soul from the body by giving the body a certain shape that allows the soul to escape. So, you know, that's where a lot of the, you know, um, the yoga position things come from. But anyway, I'll call upon him. You know the fact—the fact that the Nisham everything in the body is nothing. Okay, means that that the so bodies are useless. Burn them. You know that you don't—you don't even. There's nothing even there to hold on to. There's no reason why to hold on to it. Um, and another another thing that comes out of that idea is that um, nothing in the world actually means anything. You know, you see a person suffering miserably. What's really your chiv tzedakah? The reason why he is the way he is is because he did something in his past life, and he's being re- been reincarnated this way. And after he dies, he's going to be reincarnated again. So giving him some food so he doesn't die is not is not helpful. Okay, you want to give him something, enlighten him, so that way he won't have to come back.
1: You're still so speaking as the 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 Buddhist way of thinking, right? Not a Buddhist, not way-
2: or Buddhist, Buddhist slash Hindu, yeah. Okay. Right. The, the, okay. The mix of will... by them is very is is very different. Now, on the other hand, we take a look at a human, at a living human being, and we say, "This person is precious. He needs to live. If I don't do something like al Dam but if he's you know if he's just going to come back into a different body, then why you know why does it why does it matter whether I feed him or shoot him? You know, and the only reason for a Hindu why it matters if I feed him or shoot him is because if I feed him, then I'm guaranteeing myself a better rebirth. Which is which in which I will be closer to enlightenment, and if I shoot him, then I'm doing something violent, and violence
1: always you know karmically brings about a negative rebirth right but i, I just block together, meaning you can believe in multiple reincarnations and still and still have in you can still believe that e the body has something special to it there and that that's part of the person's personality in the same way that I can have you know five different sets of clothing and if those clothing have meaning they can all have meaning to me obviously clothing is not the same as a body but i can i can have all these vehicles for my soul and all of them have significance it's not i'm just saying it's not it's not automatic that if you believe one you it's have not to be automatic the other.
2: but if but let's say if, if you're talking about if you're talking about your body as a vehicle like a, let's say let's say a car okay so you, you know you drive a car you drive it into the ground it goes on the scrap heap then you get another car I mean, you don't sit around, you know, you don't go to the, you don't go to the place where you're, where your the car that you owned 20 years ago is rotting away in the, riding, rotting away in the scrap heap and you, you put little, little rocks on it.
1: No, <laughs> I mean, I mean, you it, just don't. It, it it's just that. not a fair comparison okay? because, because we don't have the same. we don't have the it's a spiritual connection rather than a physical machine that we're using so that spiritual connection you know has an effect where there's a part of you that's in the body to a certain extent but not to the point where it's locked in that's you know but there's still a part of you you've got the uh, havla de garmi right even your bones are giving off the vapor of your soul right it's it it, i'm I'm just saying it's it's not one end or the one extreme or the other right it's not well,
2: there is this first, first of all, Makubalim, which I guess we're going to get to in a second, do really believe in both, they both, they, they grab this rope from both, both ends, okay, on the one hand, each human being is absolutely unique, okay, and, and therefore, like, you know, the theoretical question, if, if a person has been Magugal 20 times, and he comes back with mason, who gets the wife, you know? Well, I mean, it's one big you know it's it's one big amalgam of 20 bodies and if there's and 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 there's one big wife who's also like 80 feet tall and and that that's how it works you know um but the, you know but the idea of 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 uh, of there being a, a connection of of kiddushin is you know a woman can only be married to one guy so so that also seems to plug into the into the same concept of of um of uniqueness that i'm that i'm trying to propose is the is the fundamental problem with believing in in uh in Reincarnation. If you just think of it as a neshama popping out of one body and coming back into another body, and then going to another body, then going to another body, and going to another body, and the neshama, the, the is constant, the, and the bodies are are changeable. Right. And most people, when they for gilui you know, so the people shouldn't think that I'm a real Makubal or a real talmud chacham. Um, I don't. I. It's a miracle that I came across this. I knew that it existed, but I just was kind of hoping that I would randomly you know, turn the pages here in Shara Gilgulim and maybe I would see it, which I did. So the rabbinish one was Rahad Rahmanos on me. It's getting uh, edited out anyway. Okay. I'm editing. Ah, I'm
0: editing.
2: That you should long, I that you're going to out. No, no. I'm editing. Da. Ki afal pi you should know that even though you will find written in our writings, b'mekumot in many places, ki ploni nit galgel that this... This individual was rolled over into that person, and, and then after that to another person. Uh, do not be mistaken to think that the original Nishamaha, the Nishamaha rishona Atzma, he, Amit Tamid, is the one that is always rolling over. I mean, rolling over in terms of being reincarnated. Aval Hainyanhu, Kihine the Nit chalku nishamot b'nei Adam, that to an infinite number of roots the souls of human beings have been divided. Uv'ishurei shechad, and in one root yeshmihem kama nitzotot nishamot lein there are an infinite number of sparks of souls. U'chol gilgul bilgilgul, and any time it rolls over, nit kanim katz nitzotot mihem, there are some there are some sparks that are rectified. The otam nitsot shalonit canoe, and those sparks that are not rectified, they come back to be to be uh, rectified again. The otam shekrannit canoe, and the ones that were already fixed, they do not roll back. Amnam olimva omdimba madigaha ruyalahem, they go up to the to the um, level which is fitting for them. Okay, and that is about as far as the explanation goes. So here we can, the specific Nishama that lived in that body does not come back into a different body. Rather, what happens is, is that if you figure there's a, uh, a Nishama A. So Nishama A has within its domain X number of that it is supposed to rectify. It comes into the world to in, to encounter these sparks, to lift them up, to uh, and to embody them in his narnachi, uh, his nefesh roch neshama chaya Yechida, his spiritual stature. Okay, so whatever a person succeeds in accomplishing remains. So a particular neshama has come down and it's it's done. You know, it's done twenty percent of the of the uh, sparks that it could do. So those twenty percent of the sparks they remain. the The neshama that did those twenty percent of the sparks also remains. Everything goes to the place where it's supposed to be. In olam haemet or in olam atzidut or whatever. The next neshama that comes back. Is not identical exactly to the first Nishama. It is what remains of those sparks that need to still be rectified. So the two Nishamot are very closely related, but they are in fact not the same, they're not the same person. They are extensions of, of a certain hyper nishama, okay, which you know many people can possess or be or be part of a hyper nishama, but every individual is going to deal with a different set of sparks and in the case of an individual that did not succeed in uplifting all the sparks that they should have so then what what it is that comes down to deal with those leftover sparks is a different fragment or a different aspect or a different uh, you know sub personality of that neshama which is directly linked to to the sparks that need to be resolved and so forth and so on if 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 person number 2 didn't take care of of uh the 80% of the sparks and take care of all of them so he's left you know he's left uh 30% over so then those 30% remain and the nishama that comes back is a third aspect of the original nishama which is meant to deal with the 30% that remain and so forth and so on so in the end what you have is three separate bodies for three separate people but each of but these three people represent the continuity in terms of the sparks that they had to that they had to deal with and in that respect you can say of them that they are really one person in a way not because they're one person fused or melted or blended or anything like that it is because they as as separate people they have dealt with highly interrelated themes and issues and one of them continues the life of the of the previous one. And that's what the
1: Ari is trying to say in a nutshell. So I, I think if I'm understanding that you're seeing more as these Nishamas does it does sound like they're the state. But he, here's how I understood that Arizal. And maybe the way that I've uh, seen it described in Sfarim, which uh, it's very, it's a very nuanced difference between maybe my perspective and yours, but uh, I think, I think it makes a big difference in terms of our discussion. The the marshal that I tend to use is that, is that the, using the Apostic Neir Hashem Nishmas Adam, that the, that the candle of Hashem is the soul of a person, meaning that our, our bodies are so to speak, the candles the oil the wick the mitzvah and all that stuff and the flame is the neshama and what happens is when a soul is to come back what happens is that that candle with its wick is brought to the candle that's burning and lit from that candle so that the neshama so to speak when 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 uh um, some tzaddik or any person needs to come back, so the next soul is going to come back by receiving the soul from that previous person. But like a candle lighting the candle, that person is still in heaven. Right? That that person is still is still up there in Shemaim. But, but I, I think the difference between the way I'm describing it, you know, a candle from a candle, as opposed to, which is how I'm understanding the Arizal. And that's what it means, that the, this new unique soul is going to get its own task within the general neshama, based on which particular lights are being passed on. But I, I think it's different in the fact that it's the same flame. It is the same flame in my, in my mashal. It's the same flame, and therefore the same soul, not just a new entity with an infusion of, hey, listen, I didn't get all my all my chores done when I was in the world. You're going down into the world anyway. Can I give you five of my chores so that you can do them for me, which almost sounds like the way it's, it's simply understood. But it is the same soul. It's the same person. I, I think the problem is that when we're speaking of souls, we tend to think of souls in, 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 in physical definitions So I think we, for us, it's hard for us to understand how the soul can be up there in Shamayim, fully experiencing heaven or hell. And at the same time, the soul can be in this earth because there really isn't a a concept of time. So I, I think it's just in my head, I see these souls as the same exact souls somehow being able to take up two places at once because it's a flame lighting a flame as opposed to seeing them as just here's the soul because the soul couldn't get it done. So we broke the soul into parts and sort of uh, um, um, sent it out to go do the job that the first, the first um, volunteer couldn't accomplish.
2: Yeah. Well, the, the whole idea of Nishamot having parts, or whether it's one soul or multiple Nishamot, I could, I could sign off on your, on your, um, in, you know, the, of the candle, you know, because as you, as you say, the, you know, the, the, integral thing over here is that is that person one who existed who lived who did something who did at least did something right in his life okay um you know that candle is there and it doesn't go on anywhere that flame continues the the second flame is a new flame outside ma you know and it's it's a new flame in some aspect but it's the old flame at the same time which is fine a kind of paradoxical kind of formulations that you need to have when you're dealing with subtle topics. Um, I think, you know, for me, the way that this plays out mostly is in realizing that, okay, the structure of a the structure of an neshama is something like this. You know, you have you have a beam of light. That light is Narashem odom as you would say, or or Taira or, you know, whatever. It's a it's a it's an emanation of, you know, that originates in a Qadjbaru and and is ultimately of the same nature of hakadosh Baruch, Hu, except for the tzim that it undergoes in terms of in terms of descending right and the the light that comes down has a pre-existing relationship with x number of nitzotzot, kelim whatever is you know which is floating around in the in the world in which we exist as a matter of fact, if you go back to the original tzimtzum, and that's why we're talking about, you know, tzimtzum as, as the as the original space that opens up. So you have the, you know, you have the the uh, the Orange seif, which is outside the space, and then you have this line of light that comes into the space, and then you have the space itself. So even before there ever was anything in the space, there's already some sort of preordained relationship between some element of the of the line that descends and some aspect of the of the empty space itself and that's really the essence of the nishama. the essence of a neshama is a relationship between the ain't the 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 line and and some position within the within the emptiness All right. and it okay I'll, I'll just leave it at that because i don't want to get too you know too carry people make in thinking about these things is to imagine that your head is like a bucket and in the bucket is a brain, and and somehow or another the brain in the bucket has this has this thing in it which is called a neshama, and the neshama is in your head. It's it's locked into your body. I mean that by the way was another interesting reason why people found it difficult to grasp pilgrimage neshamahs, okay? Because you know because of this this strong correlation between between the body as a container and the the, the mind or the or the soul as being as being in the, you know, in the body until it gets out of the body. But make a long story short, okay? The the fact that you live in your body, but the things that you encounter in life, this, you know, this mitzvah that you're doing over here, this uh, bit of food that you're about to eat, this uh, um, seemingly useless and meaningless event that happens to you, all of those things are nitsotsot, and therefore you exist in a predetermined relationship with these things if it happens to you it's not accidental it's actually intrinsic to who you to who you are and if you and if you want to actually manifest the total stature of who you are then you want to be able to connect to these things so you know a, a nice a nice remiss to this i think is is mitzvah and you know mitzvah fillin mitzvah sititz okay where where you know your fillin is your Shirish milamala, you know, that's where that's where the that's where the neshama is coming from, so to speak. That's where the light is flowing from. But then once it gets into you, it accesses the rest of the world and it it spreads out, which is why it's kind of like a talis. It re- reaches out and has fringes at the end, and the fringes correspond to tarryak mitzvahs because tarryak mitzvahs is the way that you need to interact with the things that you that you encounter and use you know use that to construct the the um, the shir kumah, you know construct your your stature. And and therefore, the things that happen to you are not just things that happen to you. They're not just physical objects. They're not just events that transpire. They are part of your neshama. So your neshama is both within you, and it's also outside of you.
1: Well, let me me just say, if if I may, I I think that us, forget Gilgal. Just in this world, if you don't understand what your body is and what your neshama is, you can't even begin to start discussing Gilgal you have to first know what's you what's your and so where is my soul where is my soul and what's what is that part of me that we're discussing coming up and down i think that's that's what you're addressing if i'm correct. right so you've got yeah. the gemara in brachos the gemara says uh, that are uh, that david Amalek in tehillim says five times barkin asks the gemara why does he say five times barkin because there are five special unique things about the soul that make it divine, that make it almost godlike, right? Just like one one mm-hmm. of those things is Mahakadish Baruch As Kala Olam, just like the Holy One, blessed as he fills the world. <inaudible> I hope I think I'm 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 yeah. quoting that. Right? So, so you've got this Gamar that seems to suggest that first of all, it, it certainly makes it clear that the soul is not in your brain, right? Because it, it fills your whole body, and then we've got the concept of which you were were avoiding the technical words, I think, but you've got the makifim, right? The aspects of your soul that that sort of can't even fit in your body until you elevate your body and then you just get new new, uh, surrounding light. So um, can you you maybe lead us to where um, you'll take, how how are you concluding with all this in order to then explain what's the part of you that comes back um, according to your understanding of it?
2: okay so the the part uh, that you have succeeded in lifting up right that is what stays because once it's been lifted up it's been fused to fused to the einsof okay it doesn't it doesn't come down anymore right the what remains to be done right is something that is passed along to the to the next individual who shares your shorish neshama? Okay, so once again, we can prove about whether getting a second neshama from the same shorish, which is meant to take care of things that we're not taking care of in the first life, is a different neshama or if it's the same neshama. The answer, obviously, is both. Okay, so and although you know, well,
1: let, let me clarify in case our listeners are you're, but even if you know
2: the important thing is is that is that there is a certain. Um, quantum of identity that remains that is that person and that person has a grave and that person has a place that his children go to and cry over or daven over that person will come back in a body of his own with his wife okay who is who is his you know who is his unique azer canado and okay, problems with people, you know, women get married to three guys in the course of a lifetime. Okay, that's a, you know, that's a separate kasha that, that the you know that the rishonim also had. That's not a kasha that's created by gilgul. That's a kasha that's created by, by uh, you know, common sense. But um, so it it really it really is. What do, you, what do you what practical effects do you get out of gilgul? I mean, you know, how does this how does this actually influence you? Does it make your life better? Does it does it make you into a better avod Hashem? And unfortunately. I, you know, I don't, I don't know any better answer to say to that than what you already, than what you already said. It's useful. Okay. It's useful because it tells you, um, you know, it tells you why you're suffering with these problems, you know? So like if I'm, so I, I'm, I'm a pretty depressive kind of guy in many ways. I've struggled with depression all the time. Okay. And wake up in the morning and just don't want to, don't want to move. Don't want to do anything. have, you know, no for anything. That's my, you know, that's my default state. And it's been that way since I, since as far as I remember myself, um, but okay, you know, that has to do with the neat that I that I need to deal with, I have to kind of I apparently need to deal with some heavy duty and scientists and, and uh, these guys have been around for a while. And maybe one of the reasons why they're so heavy to deal with is because they've been around for such a long time and nobody's been, you know, succeeded in dealing with them. Um, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting. It's probably helpful if you can realize that my pickle, okay, is is a joint effort. I mean, so that that means something to me so if i'm schlepping this thing by myself, mayla but you know but what i'm schlepping has been schlepped by other people before and it and it will continue to be schlepped and i'm not alone- I'm not alone in this in this endeavor i think you know I think that makes it easier easier for me and and um and more worthwhile and it allows me to, it allows me to, you know, I know I'm, I know I'm depressed because there's this issue and it's being dealt with, and we're being dealt with slowly and it's being dealt with over time. And it's being dealt with between Brias Bria and, 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 and Bia you know? So I know, I know how to be a bit more patient with it.
1: Well,
0: Nelson, I think mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, you've definitely uh, come somewhere in the middle here between Kalman and I from last week, right? On, on one hand, um you admit to the difficulty of accepting, I think, Kalman's somewhat of extreme understanding. Uh, on the other hand, you are saying that you believe that it is helpful and it's something that um, should be used. I, I, I'm going to reiterate uh, the point that I think maybe for Nelson and Gluck and for some uh, people who are able to be typhus, I still think it should be under wraps. I don't think it should be something that Uh, You're going to speak in a therapy session to your typical depressed person who's struggling with issues that they have to overcome. I think it becomes a cop out and it becomes something that they that they end up sort of, you know, you know, drifting away and becoming even more untethered uh, to the actual world to help change themselves. Um and, and again, you know, I'm surprised when you and Kalman were talking there that you didn't go back to the words themselves that you read and explained so eloquently. And the words were again that 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 exactly he al The fact that there are people who you share an affinity to, the fact is that there's other artistic people, the fact that there's people who are, let's make it even less vague than artistic, let's say even specifically artistic in in some way, the fact is that that there's others that are like you, I agree with you, that actually makes you feel great. That you aren't alone. That the, the fact is that here you are in some place in Iowa, desiring something which nobody else around you has, and now that you know that there's others in history that have been there, I agree that that's a comforting idea. In fact, I also agree that it's it's the greatest thing in the world because we you know we know how thick blood is to know. Hey, you know there's something even thicker than your relatives. There's other at people sort of like you who are out there and you're going to find them maybe in some, uh, at the end of some astrological future, you're going to find those other parts of your so to speak, people who did the same thing and you're going to, you're going to hug them and love them probably more than your own brothers and sisters and others because they actually were doing things similar to you. I mean, that is a great idea. It's like a super cousin or a super you in a different way that you could really just enjoy, but I still hold firm that none of this is is really helpful to the average person.
1: Um, and well, and I, let me let me step in. Let me try the following. The, the, everyone knows the Yismach Moshe, or Moshe Tidalbaum, the of of Ihol, the um, great Talmud of the Chose of Lublin, who is the founder of great Hasidic dynasties. Um, he said he recalled his previous lifetimes. He recalled his previous lifetimes. And he said he, he, um, he, he remembered. And he wasn't the only one. There were a few others who remembered them, the experiences. He remembers being one of the Dor Hamidbar. And it turned out, he said, that there were people on the side of Moshe. There were people on the side of Korach. And he found himself in the undecided group that's what he said and his Talmidim said Rabbi how could you not be with Moshe Rabbeinu he said had you all been that you would all have been in Korach it it wasn't so it wasn't so simple then he remembered being a sheep of Yaakov Avinu and one of the Rebbe said I even had maybe I had a scar the point of all this you know this is not I I could quote a, a mimer of the Arizal for this but I don't think we need that the point is that we see that there's a certain element of memories which because they've been erased from us we don't we don't have them But for those people who are a little bit more in touch, they come with memories. And I think that memories should be a a good indicator of something a little bit more closer to what I'm envisioning as me coming back. Even if there's, again, a candle from a candle, it's still me because I think memories make you you. I mean, what makes me me is my lifetime of memories that precede me. And if I have previous lifetimes that become part of that memory, memory means I was there. So if I was there for all practical purpose, that's me. So how, how would you address that? First of all, uh, do you have the same tradition in terms of this concept of memories becoming available? And if so, how do we address the concept of it being a different being?
2: But, you know, nevertheless, if you if you concede that there are a cluster of people, a cluster of nishamot that have a deep kinship. Okay, so the trend, you know, some element of show you say, the transfer of information the transfer of memory but remember that you know that 20 neshamot ultimately come from a you know come from the same showish or the same showish of the showish so it wouldn't be it wouldn't be surprising for for memories to be or at least some memories to be to be common um you know the really the really archetypical ones that that give you the sense of direction in terms of what your you know what your life's purpose is um and i'm going to go out on a limb and say there was a there was a pre of time in my life when uh, when I was doing some therapists, I was doing some therapy with the Jungian, you know, and they're, they're big on on dream diaries. So I began to write down my dreams all the time, which, you know, once you start writing down dreams, you begin to have them and you begin to remember them. So I I came with there I had some I had some amazing dreams, which um, which I thought were you know visions of of a, of a previous lifetime and explained a lot about who I am today. Um, you know at the, at the same at the same time, I also have to concede
0: that although for selected individuals, knowing this puts things into perspective for 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 the uh, for, for most people this would be a way not to uh, spur themselves for any change, but rather just to have another thing to darshan about with their friends about why they are the way they are, instead of saying I'm going to be something different and wake up and, 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 and tap into the incredible uh, human potential that we, that we believed in, in our best state that we are capable of doing. Let me just say, talk about memory. Look, you know, Nelson and I have a long uh, history together. Kalman and I have a history together. Our memories are very much manufactured and and colored and altered. My memory of the first time I met Kalman and had my chavrusa with him, or my first time I met you, is very much within, uh, I have probably put sepia tones and changed it and and had a whole different perspective of where it occurred and what was said and what happened. This is a fiction. When we talk about, oh, I remember this. These memories are things that we are creating and telling ourselves are true, and they are they are, 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 are fodder that allow us to 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 live in the moment. So, I, I, look, I I love one second. I love the Yismachmaish. I think it's a safer that's un- unfortunately underlooked in terms of w- its depth. And he was one of the greatest manhigim of the chasidus ever produced. On the other hand. I am very comfortable saying that he was so shakua in the sugya of Korach vadoso, and trying to learn and understand, which the Torah puts right there in the middle of the Torah for us to really comprehend how such a thing could happen. That he could be he could takabi, massing that, and ultimately, whenever we learn, we tell ourselves stories about that as if it's a memory, like as, as if we've lived, there I, if we've no, lived
1: I'm, there. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna totally disagree enough that I have to interrupt you mid-speech. Yismach Moshe remembered this Gilgulim. This was not some fantasy that he created. This is an imam that be, and if he would have been the only one, maybe I would have tried to uh, reinterpret it myself. He's not the only one. There are other individuals. That's why you can even find mamarim within the mukubalim of what they talk about. You know, he, he remembered this and he remembered his memory, that, Kalman, but, His memory is no different than your memory. <laughs> Okay. Whenever you
0: have memory, what are you doing? You are processing and and creating some sort of aspect for you to continue to live. And
1: everyone has a different level of how accurate they are. But in terms, and I agree with that, we make adjustments to our memories. But remembering a vivid experience of, I mean, the Yismach Moshe once said to the Shin of Arav, he says, I remember Maimon Har Sinai. And the of answered him. We all remember mymitharzi. Uh, that's my right. answer. Yes. So I think, uh, yeah. I, I think though that what the Yismael Moshe was saying, and I think that's where you're responding with the of answer. Of on some level, we all Yismael Moshe was saying, no, I remember. I remember the color of the of the stones beneath my feet. Uh, well, one
2: should, one okay. should ask the Yismael Moshe what strimal the Moshe Rabbeinu was wearing at the time? You know, was it a, was like a poofy strimal, it goes up, or was it like a pancake strimal, like the old guy? Yeah. Well, well,
1: well, it was just like the kever of Rabbeinu, where the people who looked at it from this angle saw a strimal, the people who looked at it from this angle saw a Borsellino.
0: <laughs> Here, I'll call upon him. Look, you know, again, without taking an iota away from their Kedusha, I believe that it definitely, look, the fact that it's in the Torah, the fact that it's Sipuria Torah, the fact that it's Pesukim in the Torah means that there is a depth that you can plumb there, and God knew by telling Moshe to write it for us, that you might be able, and you should be able, to connect to it and, and, and make it as vivid and real as the memories of your first date with your wife and being in the in the in, in, in the in the uh, in the delivery room when your child came and then also your best friends. But those are all things that are existing in your mind as, as sparks and synapses that allow you a certain sense of happiness for endorphin release. And, and, and those are things which allow us to, to, to function. I have no doubt that if a person lives in the sugi of Matan Torah, he can be Mitzayim and God knew that because he put it in the Torah that you'd be able to do that. Do you remember it the same way as as, 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 as happening in a previous life? Like in a movie that all of a sudden you're looking around you're saying, hey, what's the skin that I'm wearing? Give me a mirror. Oh, look at me. I've got a different face than I did before. What's happening here? What? I'm old. I'm young. I'm a woman. No, that's not true. Okay, that's not. Uh, it can still be memory, but memory is itself not what you think it is. You know, again, it's 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 a fantasia to think that memory is actually going back to some actual moment in time and somehow being able to now p- to forward that moment. That moment passed, and it's never going to be that, and it never really is that, even in your own mind. It's just it's just your way of your brain f- fashioning it in order for you to continue moving. That is clear what memory is. Even the idea of Liskar Amalek, Liskar uh, as we weren't there. The whole idea, this idea of memory, really is again—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's the type I, of thing I, you're bringing
1: a, examples hmm. that are not good examples, right? That you're bringing an example of, yeah, in the in the movie, the person it looks at <laughs> themselves and says, "What's <laughs> happening to my skin?" That's a current, that's a current transmigration. Right? we're we're talking about you know, about remembering remembering an experience remembering so when I, i'm assuming it I, whether he grew up this way or at some point he he gained insight oh, cool. it, I, I don't think there's anything i understand that he remembers he remembers you know the way that his living room was set up in the in his tent in the midbar as someone who claims to yeah. all right well look i think that we have
0: definitely uh uh once again delved and swam back to our, uh, our perspective perches here. And uh, I'm happy that the, those perches are somewhat dry, maybe a little bit wet uh, uh, for the wear. Um, let's try to do... All right, here's my
1: chavrusa, Rabbi Kalman Warch. And our special guest, Rabbi Nassim Glick.
2: And uh, this is my very good friend, um, Avramul Kivalevich and my <laughs> new friend, Kalman Warch, <laughs> Kolakavod.
0: And we've been all here playing password. Take care my friends. Be well. We'll check you next time. Uh, and we'll see we have to split this show back into different insights. Be well. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.